What I, I, I'm going to talk about uh, 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 some leadership things in this next session. And in the next session, I'm going to call on some of our pastors just to share for a few minutes. Something that's on their heart. And so you'll hear from a number of them. But we're looking at how to make vision grow. Keys to achieving success. Things that would hinder us from growing. How to deal with those things. And then how to not give up and how to finish our race. Now if we are... If we have the right motivation, a lot of that is sorted out really. If we've got the right goal, a lot of that is sorted out. If our hearts are right, a lot of it is sorted out. But now, in leadership, we need to... Uh, uh, it's fine, you can do it. If, if, if leadership, we, we need to understand leadership if we're wanting to also uh, 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 be going in the right direction. So, you know, what we've got to realize is that there is leadership in the eyes of the world. Then there's even leadership in the eyes of the world. Then, I mean the church. And then there would even be leadership in the eyes of the kingdom. And sometimes the, the leadership in the church is different from kingdom leadership. Because church leadership can be based on tradition. And some of it's not wrong. But some of it's not right. <laughs> and it can be problematic. But the thing we've got to realize is that leadership in the kingdom looks different from leadership in the world. We can't try to lead the way that the world leads and expect kingdom results. Kingdom results are the result of kingdom ways. And so we need to learn what is that. Very interesting. Leadership, the word leadership and leader are not in the Bible. <laughs> word leadership and leader are not in the Bible. We, that we can find the word lead in reference to leadership. But the more appropriate words that are used are elder or shepherd. And then there's different descriptions of those words. And I believe one of the reasons for that is because God's idea of leadership in the, 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 the church, in the kingdom, is not organizational in terms of a, a, a corporate a, a board table. It's more business. family in terms of a dining room table. God's got a family, not a business. God, it, like there is a business part of ministry where we have to do 
taxes and we have to Ka një organize. But God's heart is family. It's very interesting that if we look at uh, uh, the Bible, the Bible is written in the New Testament in Greek. But with a he from a Hebrew mindset. Okay, so we read in Greek. And our cultures are mostly influenced from Greek culture. The kultura tona yantan dikuara nga kultura greke. And even though we're reading Hebrew culture, then as a polizoim kulturon na yudeinve, we are understanding Greek. Ne pokuptoim Greek. We're reading into the Bible from Greek. Ne polizoim tek Biblia Greek. Culture, not, not Hebrew culture. Yo yudeinve. The difference is, is Kanyu that drushim. in the Greek culture, the kulturon Greke. Case in point, you've got a, lex- a lectern. Ke ekte standen. With, with people sitting listening. In the Hebrew culture, you have people sitting around and let's engage, let's reason together. In Greek culture, you have a, a, a lecturer. Whereas in the Hebrew, Hebrew culture, you would have more of like an elder or a family or a father, something like that. And there's many differences which you can see, especially the Western world, world has been more influenced by Greek culture than by Hebrew culture. See, uh, uh, the, the church looks at uh, the, the family of God, not as a family primarily, but we seem to treat it like it's a business. And sometimes it's more of a circus. <laughs> you know, but we've got to, we've got to, we've got to be organized. But we, but we need to, we've, we need to start treating it more like a family. Every, every family has a few clowns in it. You know, my family on earth, my natural family has a few crazies. <laughs> Our church family has a few crazies. <laughs> I brought some of them with me. <laughs> no, no, no. But the point is, it's like it's never going to be perfect. <laughs> you know, but we, we sometimes are aiming for perfection. But you know what? If we're aiming for perfection, we are actually aiming higher than God's aiming. Because God knows it can't be perfect. <laughs> it's a family. There's going to be issues. There's going to be problems. Let's turn to Ephesians chapter 4. And I want to look at Jesus' kind of style or Jesus' way of leadership. Ephesians chapter 4 from verse 11 to 13. <clears throat> and he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come to the unity of the faith of, and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. 
dhe i veti dha disa si aposuj, tjerë si profetë, tjerë si unjiltarë, tjerë si barinjë e mësues, për përsosjën e shëngtorve, për vepër në shërbimit dhe për ndërtimin e trupit të krishtit, dërisa të arim, të gjithë të uniteti i besimit dhe të njojë së birit të përëndis të njëri i përsosur në masën e shtatë të plëtsisë të krishtit. Now I think I've got maybe eight hours of teaching on this. Kam tëtë orë mësim të kjo which we're not going to go through. <laughs> I want to just bring out one or two points here and leave them with you because it just changes, like this really changed my perspective of what am I called to as a leader, as a shepherd. I met a... A, a big shot. You know how to translate that. <laughs> I met a big shot in, uh, uh, in the country of Zimbabwe. He thought he was a big shot. That's the problem with most big shots. And he's a big shot because he's world famous. He, 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 he's, a, he's a prophet. And I've... I've sat with him and spoken to him. I've asked him about when did he come to know the Lord and, and, and when did he get called into ministry. And I can without one uh, shadow of doubt in my mind and heart say that he's not born again. And he doesn't know, and he doesn't know Jesus. So now this guy's got millions of followers around the world. Because he can tell you your phone number. I, I was at a dinner with him. I think you were there too. And, you. And, uh, and, and he's like showing off his gift that he can tell you his phone, your phone number with, you know, prophetically. And I, I believe in prophecy, I've seen it, I've experienced it. But I want to know more than my phone, I know my phone number. <laughs> you telling me my phone number is not impressive. The devil knows my phone number. And so do insurance sales. Insurance sales. <laughs> yeah, so, so what's a big deal if a prophet knows my phone number? But that's not the point of my story. A friend of mine, another pastor, asked this gentleman, What is the purpose of a prophet? And his response was to prophesy. Now he's got the, the, the idea of, of, of a leader in the body of Christ is the leader and then everybody is supporting the leader and serving the leader and all of that. And so, so, so he says his job is to prophesy. And uh, uh, he asks the, 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 the prophet. I put prophetic. But where does it say that in the Bible? He says, let's go to this verse in Ephesians chapter 4. And they sat together and they read it. Jesus gave some to be apostles, some prophets, and some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers. 
for the equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry. And my friend who's a pastor stopped and asked him what is the job of a prophet? Again, he says to prophesy. And he says, but what did we just read? And the guy was confused. And he said, to prophesy. And he said, but look here. It says that Jesus called you to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. But he just couldn't understand what he And it's not because he's bad in English. His ministry headquarters is now in London. Uh, so he speaks good English. So that's not the problem. But what his his problem that he's got besides not being born again <laughs> is a problem that a lot of pastors have. Nobody here. Obviously. But it's a problem that we think that we are here to minister to people. <clears throat> we think our job is to just minister. Whether we are missionary, a leader, a shepherd or whatever. My job is just to minister. Every Christian on the planet's job is to minister. Amen. It says there to equip the saints, which is every believer, for the work of the ministry. The purpose of church leadership is to equip the saints for, for ministry. This is a, it, it's a very slight change with big implications. Because the, you know, a lot of people have this mindset, I give my money to the church. I give my money to the pastor. I give my money to the missionary. So that they can do ministry. And then that's where they stop. But God's plan is that every believer would be ministering but that leadership would be equipping the saints to be able to be effective ministers. And so we have to start changing our view of our leadership and start seeing leadership the way the Bible talks about it. If somebody needs ministry, I minister to them. Because I'm a believer. But now with my church, I'm not here to just minister to them so that they rely on me. I'm here to minister to them, to equip them so that they can do what I'm doing. A pastor equips the saints to be able to shepherd. Because think about it. Apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor and teacher are a gifting to the church which is wrapped up in Jesus. So they reflect Jesus. It's the same thing with the fruit of the Spirit. 
Yeah, love, joy, peace, patience, etc. The Sharia, dreamy, etc. It's talking about what Jesus is. You can't say, okay, Lucas has the fruit of patience. But Chart has the, 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 the fruit of self-control. He doesn't have love. And he doesn't have peace. But, but she has kindness. It's like, it, now if we look at it from leadership giftings, he is like Jesus apostolic. She is like Jesus apostolically. He is like Jesus in terms of teaching. He is like Jesus in terms of pastoring. But he's missing that aspect of Jesus. And she's missing that part of Jesus. Look with me at Colossians chapter 2. Because Colossians chapter 2 destroys our uh, theology on that. And you are complete in him, which is the head of all principality and power. You are complete in Him. <coughs> so what this is saying, and there's many other verses to support it, is that you don't have part of Jesus. You have Jesus. Jesus. <laughs> And I might be stronger in one aspect of Jesus or in one gifting. I might be fulfilling a role that you can't fulfill. Because we all express it differently. But no one in this room has less Jesus than I have. And no one in this room has more Jesus than I have. How much of the Jesus in you do you know? Because what I have found, as I interact with different ministers around the world, it's not a case of how much Jesus do they have, it's a case of how much do they know. How much of Jesus are they living in? How much intimacy do they have with him that's producing fruitfulness? And yes, somebody might be more focused on apostolic. Someone might be more focused on pastoring. Or evangelism. Or one of those giftings. But we can't say the evangelist is evangelizing. And I'm, I'm not called to evangelism. Because we, we are all called to go into all the world. What is the purpose of an evangelist? They do, their purpose is not to lead people to salvation. The evangelist's purpose is to equip the saints for the work of evangelism. The believer's purpose is evangelism. <laughs> we, no one is not called to evangelism. The circles I grew up in I had the mindset that uh, 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 if somebody is more of an um, introvert, 
then they wouldn't be an evangelist. They might be called to give the service, hospitality. They're going to wash the dishes. Where they don't have to talk to anyone. Or maybe a businessman doesn't really want to be bold in his faith. And so they've got the gift of giving, they don't have to do anything. And I tell those people, keep giving. Because that is a gift and we need it. <laughs> But their influence is God wants to use that for the kingdom, not just their money. The purpose of church leadership is to equip the saints for ministry. The Bible says to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. So, So ministry is there's a saying that ministry is spelt you spell ministry by saying w-o-r-k it's work and it's hard work but the whole body of Christ is supposed to be involved I love what we heard in, 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 at a, a conference in Kosovo recently. Islam is not the biggest threat in the world. Islam is not the biggest problem in the world. Nominal Christianity is. And what is nominal Christianity? Let me give them my money to the pastor to do his job. What they mean is let me give the pastor my money to do my job. Now, obviously a baby Christian, let them be. I'm not going to ask my, my seven or my nine-year-old to pay the bills. I'm not going to ask them to, to do the gardening. I get them to help me with it, but I'm not going to give them that responsibility just yet. Because they need to grow up. And that's what this verse is saying. It says, uh, till we all come to the unity of the faith, and then eventually it says, to a perfect man. It says, to a, just say, translate, till we all become perfect. So it's talking about maturing and becoming perfect in Christ. Yeah, every Christian is perfect in Christ. But the word perfect here is talking about maturity. Living out that perfection. We've got a problem in all of our churches and all of our ministries, I'm sure. And that is that people think gray hair equals uh, maturity. And usually it's the people with gray hair that feel like they should be the, the, the one in charge because they've, they've, they've been Christian longer. But you can be a Christian for 20 years and still not have intimacy with Jesus. 
Because maturity is measured by intimacy with Jesus. How much of Jesus is coming out of you? So as leaders in the body of Christ, we are called to be equippers. Equippers is, is me saying, here's a soldier. I'm the government. How do I prepare this soldier for battle? I've got to train the soldier. I've got to give the soldier the tools that the soldier needs. I give the soldier tools and they know how to use the tools. And now they go and do the work. But even as an equipper, I'm also a soldier. Let's put it in another term. Sheep don't make sheep. Oh, sorry, sheep do make sheep. Shepherds don't make sheep. Shepherds help sheep to make sheep. So we look after the people so that they can reach more people but we ourselves are still called to reach people but we need to stop uh, people from thinking we need to do everything but a lot of the time the people in our ministries think we are called to do everything because we won't let them do anything <laughs> because we don't entrust them with the stuff I know it's easy for us to think you know I can do it better and there's many things I can do better <laughs> you know there's many things that I do because I know I can do it better and I can do it quicker but there's many things I'm just like you know what I know I can do it better but let me give it to someone else because it includes them we, 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 we can't win the world alone. We need to win the world in a team. And what's really blessed me on this trip so far, just one of the things, is how God has connected us with some people who are in isolation. So we connected to... Uh, uh, um, missionaries in um, Macedonia and and they're part of a bigger group but they are apart from their children because they've got a herd of children <laughs> but apart from their children they are the only four Christians in a city of 38,000 and and, and uh, uh, they feel isolated. And yet we were able to go there and just encourage them and minister to them and And we didn't go with our Grace Life flag and put it in the ground. <laughs> Because as Grace Life, we're just here to build the kingdom. We're not so here to build Grace Life. Yeah, we're not there to try and take over. <laughs> we just wanted to link with them so that we can support them in the work that they do. There's another uh, missionary in um, Montenegro. Who's been messaging me every couple of days. <laughs> Asking when are you coming to visit? I've never met him. 
I've spoken to him on the phone. Ik heb voor hem op telefoon. This morning I messaged him and I said I'll see you on Monday. And you must see the messages I've got of celebration. <laughs> Because he doesn't want to be in isolation. He told me he there are only 70 Christians in their country. And so it's easy to feel alone. I know this guy and, and it does we 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 differ theologically. But I know we can work together. It was really funny. I was on the phone with him. And he said him and his family and the, the other missionary family with him. Are going to a conference in Istanbul. And he said to me, I, I think it's a charismatic conference. And I was laughing. And he said, but my wife is a charismatic. <laughs> And so is my friend's wife. <laughs> And sometimes when they, they, they're talking, we just roll our eyes. <laughs> And I just kept quiet. <laughs> Because I'm charismatic. <laughs> But my wife said to me, she said, at least you know that he'll accept you. <laughs> Because he married a charismatic. <laughs> so maybe God is trying to help him. <laughs> anyway, it'll be fun. What does it look like to be an equipper? Yeah, as an equipper, I'm not fixed on building my kingdom. I want to build the kingdom. I've helped plant churches that are not Grace Life churches. I don't get a, a membership fee from them or something. Because that's not what it's about. It's about building the kingdom for the king. But an equipper is, is uh, 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 someone who is training others. We are instructing, we are coaching, we are mentoring. We're leading others into maturity. <coughs> follow me as I follow Christ. We we got to lead the way, not tell them where they should go, but we got to be in front of them. At this Balkans Institute for Missions launch that we were at. I love what one of the one, one of the speakers. He's um, 73 years old. He's led thousands of Muslims to the Lord. He himself was a Muslim. And uh, when he was talking about reaching the Muslims, he said something that counters what a lot of people uh, uh, teach and practice. He said that the number one way to reach Muslims is to Preach the gospel directly. And give an opportunity. Not start an English school. <laughs> and become a friend. And he said those things help and they must be done. He's like, but the majority of conversions come through an opportunity that's presented directly. Preaching the gospel like that. 
And then he said, He said, listen to someone who knows what they're talking about because they've done it. <laughs> because a lot of the time we, we, we're reading books or we're going to these courses and things like this. <laughs> and what have they done? <laughs> Sometimes they haven't even spoken to a Muslim. <laughs> the point is, is that as leaders we need to be in front. So, as a new covenant leader, we need to look at the way Jesus would lead. I'm going to mention a couple of uh, thoughts with that. So, a new covenant leader, we are demonstrating servant-based authority. Which is not, which is not dominating. But it's liberating, it's freedom. Okay? The second thing is, new covenant leaders focus on building the kingdom. Not the, their kingdom. We're focused on building people. We're not focused on building platforms. My wife and I, a few years back, went to a big uh, pastor's conference in America and God spoke to us both of the same thing at different time, at the same time completely separately and as we walked out of the conference it was nothing that the people said this is just what God had said as we walked out I turned to her and I said, God just said this to me. We mustn't build a platform, we must build people. And she said, God said exactly the same thing to me now. Because the temptation is, I need to build a platform on social media. I want to build a, a platform that, that, that people will look to. Whereas it's 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 not about the platform. If you build people, you'll automatically have a platform. But a lot of people build a platform for themselves on social media. And nobody's listening. Yeah, our focus as new covenant leaders. Is on building community. On building family. You know, in, in, and that means that we want to build an environment where people feel safe. Safe enough to be real. Safe enough to be honest. Vulnerable and transparent. Why? Why? Because unless someone comes to me so, and says, I'm struggling with this, I can't help them. And so, you know, hopefully we can talk about that a little bit. But new covenant leadership, Jesus kind of leadership, is family. Think about a good, healthy family with a father and a mother. With older brothers and sisters. Where love is reigning and ruling. 
kur uh, ajo që drejton është dashuria. And we're supporting one another. Dhe po e mbështesim njëri tjetrën. And we're not beating on one another. Dhe nuk po e godasim njëri tjetrën. We're, we're not competing for one another. Dhe nuk kemi duke ngarë me njëri tjetrën. You know, some families, you're sitting around the dinner table. Disa familje po ulesh aty tabulin të darkës. And because there isn't enough food, maybe. Edhe nga që s'ka ushim jeftushëm. If you look away, someone's taking your food. Nëse e shikimin, dikur të voli ushimin. But in kingdom language, there should, there's always enough. So I'm not trying to compete with you. Turn with me to uh, John chapter 13. From verse 1. Verse 1. I'll read a verse, you read a verse. Okay, one, one. Okay, now, before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour had come, that he should depart from this world, uh, to the Father, having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them, to the end. Për përpara thesës e pashkës, Jezus i duke ditur që kisha ardhë ora e ti të kaloj nga kjo bot të këti, duke i dashur të vetët që ishë në bot, i deshit deri në fund. And supper being ended, the devil having already put into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands, and that he had come from God, and was going to God, rose from supper, and laid aside his garments, and took a towel, and girded himself. Dhe kërë mbaroj darka, mbasi djalli kishë shtënë në zemër ju diskariotit, birë të Simonit apraltonte, Jezus i duke ditur se ati kishë dhënë gjithë qka në duar, dhe sa i kishë dhënë nga përëndia dhe të përëndia po këthej, u ngritë nga darka, hoqë robat e ti, morë një peshqirë dhe unë gjeshë. Verse 5, after that he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel which, uh, with which he was girded. Mbasi holli ujnë në legend, filloj t'i lante këmbë dhe shepojve, të afshinte me përshirë, me të cilin ishen gjeshur. Verse 6, then he came to Simon Peter, and Peter said unto him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? Erdi prate Simon Pietri dhe i tha, Zot, do t'mi lash këmbët mua? Jesus answered and said unto him, What I am going to do now, you do not understand now, but you will understand after this. Jesus i përgjigje i tha, ate që po bojon, ti tani nuk e kupton, por dhe ta kuptosh mas kësaj. And Peter said unto him, You shall never wash my feet. And Jesus answered him, If I do not wash you, you have no part with me. Pietri tha, Ti nuk do të milash kur këmbët. Jezus ju përgjish, Po nuk të lava, Ti nuk do të kesh pjesë në mua. Simon Peter said unto him, Lord, Not only my feet, But also my hands and my head. Simon Pietri tha, Zot, Jo vetëm këmbët atër, Por dhe duar dhe kokën. Jesus said unto him, He who is bathed Needs only to wash his feet, But is completely clean. And you are clean, but not all of you. Jesus i tha, i që është i lars, ka nevoj beset të lajkëmba dhe është kreti pastor. Ju që jenit pastor, ju jenit pastor, po jo të gjithë. Verse 11, for he knew who would betray him. Therefore, he said, you are not all clean. Verse 12, so when he had washed their feet, taken his garments and sat down again, he said unto them, do you know what I have done to you? Kështu mbas ju ala këmbët, mori përsëri robat e ti, zuri vendër ishtas në trez dhe tha atyre, a i kuptoni këtë që ju kam bërë? 13, you call me teacher and lord and you say well, for so am I. Ju më quani mësuës dhe zotë dhe mirë toni se unë jam. 14, then, if I then, your teacher, your lord and teacher have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. Në qo se unë, zoti dhe mësuesi, ju kam lërë këmbët, dhe ju do t'i lani këmbët e njëri tjetërit. For I have given you an example that you should do as I have done to you. 
Unë në fakt ju kam dhe në shembulin që ashtu si që kam bërë unë, do të bëni edhe ju. Most assuredly I say to you, a servant is not greater than his master, nor is he who sent greater than the one who sent him. Në të vërtet, në vërtet po ju them, shëbërtori nuk është mëj malë se padronit, i asë dërguar i mëj malë se a i që ka dërguar. So, he's washing the disciples' feet as an act of service. Po, lanë këmbë të dishepove si si vepër shërbimi. It's not as a slave. Jo së një sklavë. Okay, and in the order of events, just before this, if we go to Matthew 20, Nëse shkënd të këmëtë u një zetë, qëfar ndolli parak sajtë, I want to show you something there, Matthew 20, 21 and 22, it says, And he said to her, what do you wish? She said to him, grant that these two sons of mine shall sit, one at your right hand and one at your, other, your left in your kingdom. But Jesus answered and said, you do not know what you ask. Are you able to drink the cup that I'm about to drink and be baptized with the baptism I am baptized with? And they said to him, we are able. The Matthew 20, 21, done. Ajo përgjigjë urdhëro që këta dy bite mi të ullen njëri në të djathën e njëri në të majtën në mbretërinë të ndë. Dhe Jezusi duke përgjigjë tha ju nuk e dini se qëfar po kërkoni. A mund të pini ju kupën që unë do pi, të pakzonim pakzimi me cilin unë do të pakzonim dhe ta thanë po mundemi. So, we'll come back to the foot washing. Do këthejmi të klarja këmbëve. But here, there's political maneuvering. Ka së një manovër politike. The world's way of leadership. Mënyra e botës që e drejtonë. Mama comes and tries to organize a position for her two boys. The other disciples heard about this. Do you think that mama was Italian? Very possible. The other disciples heard about this and they became angry. It caused a bit of a disagreement. And so Jesus took the opportunity to, to teach on leadership. Continuing in verse 25. Matthew chapter 20, 25. Jesus called them to himself and said, You know that the rulers of the Gentiles lorded over them and those who are great exercise authority over them. Dhe Jezus i thirja ta pram vetës dhe u tha, ju e dini se të parat e kombëve i sudojnë ato, dhe të mëlejnë përdorin pushtet në bjato. Verse 26, Yet it shall be not so among you, shall not be so among you. Whoever desires to become great among you, let him be your servant. Vargu i se gjash, it's funny. Por me disë jush, kështu do të ndollë, nuk do të ndollë, madje se cili për jush që do të bëhet i malë, And whoever desires to be first among you, let him be your slave. Verse 28, just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. So Jesus is teaching on leadership. With washing our feet, he's demonstrating leadership. And so now he's teaching on leadership here. And he's saying that in the kingdom, there is no contending for positions. There's no self-promotion. He was rebuking their power-hungry attitudes. In leadership, if we have a power-hungry attitude, it's the wrong fuel. 
And then what's going to happen is you're not going to finish your race properly. Nuk e për ta përfunduar garën sakt. Or you end up running the wrong race. Ose po vrapon garën e gëhuar. Okay. He wasn't rebuking their desire for greatness. Ai nuk po korrigjon të dëshirën për mallësitë. He was rebuking their power hungry attitude. Ai po korrigjon të sjelljen që ishte e e uritur për pozitë. And in that he redefines greatness for them. Dha ai tani thjesht because often we have the wrong definition of things. Greatness doesn't equal power or fame. Greatness isn't the ability to get what you want. What is greatness? Because Jesus says there, it shall not be so among you. Greatness is there's no contending for positions. But you're secure in where you are. Yeah, I asked this question once in, in church years back. In a leadership meeting. And I asked what is the greatest position that you can a, 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 attain to in the church? Think about it. what is the greatest position you can achieve in the church? Someone said bishop, someone said apostle. Someone said uh, church planter, someone said everyone had different answers. And that's, that's normal for us to think like that. The greatest position that you can uh, attain to in the body of Christ is what God has called you to. <laughs> and it's like we're not satisfied with that. Not everyone can be the pastor. But all can pastor. Everyone can help shepherd the flock. But there's one pulpit. And there's many people. <laughs> Not everyone can stand at the pulpit at the same time. <laughs> Except now with translation. <laughs> <laughs> One of the best things I learned at Bible college was that anything with two heads is a monster. <laughs> She's a microphone, she's not a head. <laughs> so let's turn to, I'll, I'll read a verse from Mark 8.15. Mark 8.15. Because now we're looking at the world's way of leadership and we're looking at God's way of leadership. And we need to decide. Then he charged them saying, take heed, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the leaven of Herod. Dhe Jezus i qërtoj duke thënë, kini kujdes rujuni nga majaja e farisembe dhe nga majaja e Herodit. So, what system are you? Cili sistem je ti? Jezus is using a metaphor. Jezus i po përdoj një metafor. Based on baking bread. Duke bërë bukën. And we're using yeast or leaven. Dhe po përdoj majan, majan. He's telling his disciples to avoid the leaven of Herod and the leaven of the Pharisees. I thought most Herod the 
Okay, but it means something more than that. He says a similar thing in Matthew 13, 33. Matthew 13, 33, I'm going to read it. It says, Another parable he spoke to them. The kingdom of heaven is like leaven, which a woman took and hid in three measures of meal until it was all leavened. See, what we've got to realize is that the leaven of the kingdom works its way through the whole loaf. Okay, the leaven of the Pharisees, what is that? It's a religious system. Okay, it attempts to make everything look right. It demands, demands that everything is perfect. It's legalistic and it's religious. It's consumed with how things look. But we need to remind ourselves man looks at the outward appearance, God looks at the heart. Okay, that doesn't mean we ignore the outside. Especially in this culture. If I was in my pyjamas, you wouldn't listen. <laughs> yeah, it's important to present ourselves well. But it's talking about motivation. Is it legalistic or is it the right motivation? Which, which system are you operating under? Are you operating under a religious system of the Pharisees? Where you think God is expecting perfection of you. So now you're expecting perfection from your team. And you're expecting perfection from your people. You know what's going to happen in that situation? People will wear masks and you'll never know what's going on. And so you won't be able to minister to people. You're playing games. Then there's another system. The leaven of Herod. So we've got the leaven of the Pharisees, which is a religious system. Who was Herod? A king. So now we've got the leaven of Herod. Political system. This is where we desire power and control. That's the most important thing for us. I haven't been crucified with Christ. Ego hasn't been crucified with Christ. We want power, we want control over other people. Yeah, we call to discipleship. I remember having someone ask me this question. A leader. How do I get my disciple to do the right thing? That is revealing the system of Herod, political. Because you can't get anyone to do the right thing. You, you can't control people. We want this nice church where everything is perfect. And it's never going to happen. <laughs> because people are not perfect. 
And the purpose of ministry The purpose of the gospel is to mature people. Often our churches are filled with babies. There's a lot of diapers to change. There's a lot of mess. But because we don't like mess, we don't like that responsibility. Responsibility, I don't know. We, we, want, we want people to rather uh, 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 hide their dirty diapers and hide who they really are. The political system wants power over people. They're power hungry. They're, they're wanting to control. You can't control people. And it's a temptation for leaders to want to control things so that things are right. But why? Because we're insecure. Because we feel like we have to have everything right. So God is pleased with everything looking right. Even if hearts are wrong. Yeah, the leaven of the Pharisees. And the leaven of Herod, the Maya Herod it, are opposed to Jesus' system of leadership. Both uh, the political and the uh, religious have a top bottom, from the top down system of leadership. So they're going from the top and they're leading downwards like this. But Jesus' system of leadership is from the bottom up. Because like the, the washing of the feet, I am coming down to serve you. He didn't come to overpower. He didn't come to be served. But he came to serve. He came to give his life as a ransom. Matthew 18 verse 3 to 4. I'm going to try and finish this up now. Matthew 18, 3-4 says, and, and said, Truly I say to you, unless you turn and become like children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Whoever humbles himself like this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. So in Jesus' day, children were not given proper value. And Jesus was saying that we should consider a child's almost absolute lack of rights and power. We, we need to take that lowly position. One of my favorite uh, things over the last 12 years of Grace Life has been to see people's reactions when they come to church and I'm, I, I as the pastor are helping put out chairs. 
karikat. So many people Shumnyeras have this mindset of kaktelli mentaliteti. No, 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 no. You shouldn't be doing this. Yo, yo, yo. Nuk tuta boshtik tajo. As if the Lord's anointed is going to break a bone. So say if I also prendito na thuyo na do you think you can't do that. Stop it. We must get other people to do this. And I tell them I'm not sick. I'm fine. I've, I'm prepared for the meeting. I can help. And I want to help. But sometimes there have been meetings where because I'm focused on a lot of things and I've got other things to do I can't help with that. And so I don't help with that. I might even arrive late. And then I seem like I'm really anointed. Because I'm arriving as the singing starts or something. <laughs> But the point is, we're not necessarily called to, to serve by putting our chairs. But ministry even from the pulpit is meant to serve the people and lift them up not come down on them. Sometimes ministry from the pulpit is just to lift up the minister. I remember being in a meeting once with another big shot. And uh, before the big shot came into the meeting, the little shots were training us how to react to the big shot. Oh my goodness. Nonsense. They were telling us when the man of God passed the so and so. Comes into the room. And when he touches you, you need to respond to the anointing. And it, there was a whole lot of things like that to glorify the man of God. And at the same time, they were trying to teach us you've got Christ in you, you've got everything that you need. They were confused. Because I've got Christ in me and I'm complete in Christ. But, but somehow I'm complete but incomplete. I need to still get something from the man of God. But this is what I've been showing you today. We are all men and women of God. And there is maybe someone who is ahead of us who stands up front can maybe help us receive from God easier. Their purpose isn't for us to rely on them. They should be equipping us to be able to go and do what they're doing. So in the last hours before Jesus' death, John chapter 13, what is he doing? He chooses to demonstrate true kingdom leadership. By washing feet. John chapter 13 verse 1 from the NRV says, having loved his own who were in the world, he now showed the, them the full extent of his love. Uh, 
You're seeing a plot to dashuricity. So servant leadership <clears throat> is love. And I mean, I, I, the, the churches I grew up, I can't tell you that all the pastors I had loved me. It's sad. <laughs> yeah. That, that, that you don't know if your pastor loves you or not. But that's leadership. Is loving people even if they're unlovable. <laughs> I'm sure I was unlovable at times. Verse 3. Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power and that he had come from God and was returning to God. So Jesus knew who he was. He knew that he had power. He knew his identity. He knew his purpose. And yet he purposefully lowered himself. He didn't say, who do you think? Do you know who I am? He, he did ask uh, his disciples, do you know, who do you say I am? But it wasn't with arrogance. And sense of, Why aren't you treating me better? Amen. Amen. Yeah. This all offended Peter. More than anyone else. You know, he, he, why did it, 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 it offend him? It would offend most of us because we think that true leadership is where people are serving you. We think that true leadership is where people are serving us. Peter refused for Jesus to wash his feet. And Jesus said, if you don't do this, you have no part in me. If Peter didn't let Jesus serve him, Peter was getting kicked off the team. And so Peter jumps to the other extreme. <laughs> Wash all of me. <laughs> because he was being legalistic. It's an extreme. And then you know, Jesus explains to them. And he says, you know, you are not greater than me. If I use my authority to serve, that's what you must do. See, The Son of Man came to be not to be served, but to serve. Uh, This is central to the understanding of kingdom leadership. A lot of well-intending, good-hearted ministers. Have this mindset because well, they have this mindset of a, a, a leadership is control. Because we think authority means control. We think that if we have a hundred people, we need to control a hundred people. Whereas from the kingdom perspective, if I've got a hundred people, unless somebody is missing a limb, I've got 200 feet to wash. Because I'm here to serve the people. Not control the people. Yeah, leadership is a responsibility to serve. 
It's to influence in the right way. God is entrusting me now to serve and to help and to better. Not for what I'm called to, but for what we are called to as the body of Christ. So, you know, when we are promoted in the kingdom, and we have more authority in our lives. It's really just that God is entrusting us to serve more people. And if we're full of ourselves, and we've got ego problems, and we want to control people, and we don't like people's mess, it becomes problematic. You know, think about what Jesus was doing, and I want to leave you with this thought. As we close this session, Jesus, Lord of all creation, is uh, uh, taking off his outer garments. He's got his undergarments on. He's getting on his hands and knees. Picture like the, 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 the king of England. Getting on his hands and knees to his uh, 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 valet, the person who serves him. And now he's going to wash the, the guy's feet. That's what Jesus was doing. Now, if I was to take your shoes and socks off, <laughs> you know, hopefully, it will be clean. And we might all smell a little bit or whatever. But in Jesus' time, <laughs> it was much more dirty. There were open, uh, open toed, uh, uh, what's it, open sandal shoes. And they're walking on dusty roads. They had donkeys and camels and horses. And they were all doing their business on the streets. And so now you've got that in between some of the toes, I'm sure. And so you've got dirty, smelly feet. And, and <laughs> I like that. And the Lord of all creation is, is coming into contact with the dirty, smelly feet which we would want to hide. And what do we what do people do with the, the, the parts of their life that are dirty? We try and hide it. And this is a good picture of what Jesus wants us to do. Jesus didn't go, wow, those are really dirty. You've got a big problem there. How dare you come into this place where I am? You should have washed yourself before I washed you. <laughs> Jesus doesn't do that. I went to the dentist yesterday. And I, 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 I used mouthwash before I went. <laughs> before, the, before they cleaned, I cleaned. 
Fasat lanin lava unichi. But we don't have to do that with Jesus. Nuk sa bim te jo me Jesusin. Okay? And in our churches and our ministries. Na kisha tona sher besatona. When someone comes and says, you know, I've got a they should that we should be building a culture where they feel I can come and tell you the things that I'm struggling with. Do të ndërtojmë një kulturë kur njerëzit ndjen të lirë dhe të vinë dhe thonë gjë që ato po kanë vështirësi. And then Jesus takes their dirty smelly feet. Dhe Jezusi merr ato këm qan gjull merr këtë. We, we, we do the same when we go, ah Here's a big mess. Uh, Let's sort that out together. We don't get them to feel shame. In this account of the foot washing, we don't see shame. We see Jesus cleaning up the mess. And that's how we should be leading. In ministry, I've heard the most Amazing things that people struggle with. Some of the things I never imagined until I was in ministry. And when people have told me what they did, I never made a big deal with it. I was like, wow. Okay, wow. That's not such a big problem. problem And I'm kind of like inside going, I've never heard of that before. The brother that is like, That's the most shocking thing I've ever heard. I'm like, you know, before you told me Jesus already knew that. And that's not a problem for him. Let's sort that out. And then in love you help them. And you serve them. Because leadership is not what most people make it out to be. It's less about being famous. It's, it's, it's less about being anointed and full of deep revelation. And it's more about foot washing. It, your leadership equips the body of Christ. And we need to see that equipping is helping. It's selflessly leading like Jesus. It's creating an environment of freedom. Where people can feel real. And be real. So we can help them. Last story. I remember this uh, big shot. <laughs> uh, 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 he's on TV and all of this kind of stuff. I'm on TV, so I'm a big shot then. But this 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 guy, he he came to our, uh, us as a church. And uh, he's he, he's a nice guy. But before he came, he says to me. You, 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 you're not one of those small home churches, are you? And I said, we've got some home churches, but... Uh, but we, you know, we, we, um, you know we, we, we meet in public venues and it's a few more people than can fit in a home. And he says, um, uh, you know, but, but uh, do, you, do you believe in the house church movement? And I said, well, you know, we start off in homes, but we grow out of the homes. I didn't know what he was getting at. And then he says, oh, good. He says, because I just don't like ministering in home churches. 
Because people want to interrupt and they want to ask questions. And and he's like, God has given me a message that I want to try and get through. And I was thinking about that for a couple days after he told me. And you know what, what his ministry is about him getting through a message that he feels God has given him. The purpose of preaching, teaching, isn't that you teach your great revelation. It's that people are taught and understand. The purpose of teaching isn't that you teach. It's that people understand. And if for people to understand there needs to be questions, they should ask and get questions answered. But this guy doesn't like questions because he's insecure. Because he doesn't, like, I've heard many great teachers. You would think that they're great. But they never want to sit with you. And they don't want to, you to ask them questions. And they don't want to counsel you. They don't want to shepherd you. Why? Because they don't want the responsibility of dealing with your mess. They want the clinical cleanliness of a conference <laughs> where you can't engage and help. But that's family. Yeah, we get together, we have issues and we help each other. Amen. Amen. So, I'm going to stop there. Anyone, two or three people, quickly, what uh, stood out for you if you have a question, you're welcome to ask. God is redefining greatness. That's good. Zoti po përkonfizon për sërin ma dështin, ta Anisha. No, I think it's, for me, it's just that to stay close to that. Për mua shë të qëndrojmë afra saj. It's so easy to slip away from it. So quick to And so um, just the importance therefore in intimacy. From mm-hmm. um, because um, the consequences Consequence of, building, of building it um, in the wrong way is so damaging. Yeah. Not just to this generation, but those. You've got general, for general, and archman. So that's really something. That's good. It's a. If you if you can't serve people, you shouldn't be leading people. One of our sticky statements in Grace Life. It's a, saying that sticks. Is, you know, if someone wants to be in leadership, we'll always give them an opportunity to help us with the chairs. <laughs> or help us with the dishes or something. Or clean the bathroom. Yeah, clean the bathroom. Why? Because if serving is beneath you, leadership is beyond you. <laughs> One more person got something they want to say. Um, what do you say about the um, the Lieben 
Zwart heb voor mij aan. En ik denk dat ik kan zien in de wereld. Want als je gewoon een boot. De kerk moet anders zijn dan de wereld. Kies dat het soms druk zijn gebouwd. En dan wat je zei over de leven van het kingdom moet door alles gaan. Zwart heb voor mij aan een boot. Bertarius doet schoen voor het compleet brommet. Ik denk dat als leiders we willen serveren en equip de mensen, dat zijn goede responders. Zij zijn goed voor ons, maar we moeten niet vergeten dat dat is een goede manier. Maar we moeten niet vergeten dat we niet meer hebben. We moeten niet vergeten dat we niet meer hebben, maar we moeten niet vergeten dat we niet meer hebben. Dat is goed. Was er een andere hand die je zag? Ja, ik denk dat het is. It's like very good to hear that, um, like if you want to lead, you have to serve, because people outside they see how the leader is, then they see the people around the leader, and that as a Christian is a good example to the world for me. Per molta pelcio si assemble per botan cio kurnjesi si kon dretusin. Dhe njërësit shikoj njërësit rëthë qarë dhe drejtusit, është një shemë bëllë shumë i mirë për botën për rëllojnë i mardhënjeve që është për njërë tjetërën. That's good. Very good. Okay, let's break. Is lunch ready? Lunch is ready. Do you want to say something, Alicia, quick? Yeah.